0: no more marrying bluebeards part one looking for my mama's kitchen it's all coming full circle these days so many lessons tears laughter condensed life feels like a shroom like a shroom strip these days and i'm getting better at relinquishing my desperate desire to control where it takes me Ace of Swords The churning in my stomach feels ancient Like all the love lost, surrendered, usurped, returning to its origins The sacredness of the seed weighs more than the sweetness of the flower The part of the whole that begets the whole Both the door and the key Mankind has explored and recorded more about the cosmos and space than it had the depths of its own oceans. Instead, we see her vastness as an obstruction, something to get over, under. We pollute her palate, that too provides for our palate with oil, chemicals, toxins galore, all in a blind pursuit for more. Dump our waste into our oceans, spew carbon dioxide into our skies, blow up underground and mine. mine, 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 Blind little birds, two of swords. What are words, if not dynamic? The power and the paradox of words, they are full of power. And they are devoid of it just the same arbitrary obituary contrary what do these words have in common besides melody i once read emptiness is form and form is emptiness in their meaningless fullness connotation and all they birth into the space right in between our tongue and teeth and lips and us, the death of loneliness, the power to dominate and to create. Three of Swords. My nostrils catch a whiff of raw chicken. I scrubbed my hands twice in defeat of the task. Granted, my hand soap is running out. I forgot to add it to the grocery list, so the diluted with water substance squirts out too fast, almost entirely missing my anxiously awaiting hand. My phone is dying. Two percent. My hands are in chicken, let me call you back later. I could hear my mother say so distinctly on the many occasions during my childhood that I answered the house phone and held it to her ear. But this was my last lover calling me, not a distant relative. And the chicken I was preparing was for tomorrow's lunch for two, rather than the lump sum you prepared for our family to last the week. So I justified answering the call. I sloppily attempted to prop up my phone, a battered, back screen shattered, scratched through the front camera, iPhone 8, against the knobs of the tiny toaster oven with my pinkies, the only fingers that were encoded coated in chicken blood, guts, and fat you called to continue the conversation from earlier about how one of my friends randomly texted you expressing her condolences over us breaking up and then proceeding to try to score a date with you i never really considered a friend to begin with, her a friend to begin with and i knew you were just trying to make me jealous my heart aches i know i am a hopeless romantic But lately I've been choosing to look soberly at the grotesque before naming the beauty. I don't have the energy to sugarcoat it to make cleaning chicken look attractive. Four of Swords. Nobody told me how much work cleaning chicken was. I honor better now the work that my mother does with little recognition, cutting, Pulling, twisting, cracking, slicing, snapping, chop. The pianissimo cacophony of butchering after the butcher. I was so overwhelmed by the pile of skin, bone and guts on the counter. One yet touched chicken leg on the cutting board, exposed and naked in its unnaturally large thigh. An air of vulnerability surrounds the limb, like a celebrity attempting to shy away from the paparazzi, but putting in too little effort because they know it's too late. I didn't know if I was even going to eat the chicken after all of this. I didn't want to smell it anymore. I wanted to eat the meal, but I don't want to be a part of this preparation. I understand this as sacrifice. Five of Swords. So I danced. (laughs) I danced for the capitalistic sacrifice, pumped big with fillers and things that gleam, but sure ain't fucking gold. I danced to hold on by the internet and released my fears into the earth. I danced and I waved bye-bye to my desire to people please. I danced and I let my hips gyrate all how and cock up also, this way and that, because that's what my body needed to do. The world was ending, so I danced. Five of swords, four of them in my back, The other is on the stem of the rose you gave me before I left. Go explore the world, you said with artificially gleaming eyes, arms expanding wide, brushing away all the work I put into you and us in a careless gesture. The straightness of your stained teeth disgusted me. Spirit has been preparing me with care All these years, they spent kneading the Orbic kinks out of my body so that today, I would be ready to receive this message. At first, tethered by fear, I didn't even entertain the thought of telling this story. I was fearful that by articulating the occurrences of our past lives, especially in context of our deaths, that it would make the dreadful events that much truer and less coincidental. Part two, the mirror in the downstairs bathroom. When I was eight, I had an existential crisis. While washing my hands in the downstairs bathroom, I peered past the looking glass. On the reflective side, I saw me looking at me, but I felt the me who is now writing these words and beyond them. We stood in quiet acknowledgement of each other, quite aware that we are connected through the space outside the mirror, and that space was particularly embodied by a transcendent us. I could clearly see me looking at myself from the perspective of a hovering sun right outside reach of my right, there left's eyes, periphery vision. From deep in the back of my head, the place where the mouth of God sits, right at the nape where there I heard a voice that affirmed my vision. All this understanding felt in my body was a lot for my eight-year-old mind to hold. So I clapped the faucet closed, barely patted my hands on the towel folded at the end of the sink fumbled to unlock the door and yanked it open with erupting anticipation of the validation that my mother would surely give me bringing me back into one piece with her reassuring words who was I if I was this fragmented My consciousness did not ask. Luckily, mama was in the kitchen. She was baking bread. It was a rainy Sunday, so at least this made sense. I run down the short hallway from the bathroom, but I didn't want to alarm my mother, so as I rounded the corner into the kitchen, I slowed to an excited walk, commanding my breath to relax. Mama is bent over, lightly poking the loaves, trusting her fingers to tell her how much longer each loaf needs in the inferno before the dough is born again into bread. Today is an abundant Sunday, I note to myself. The dough yielded equality. Sometimes we get five loaves in a batch but this time we were blessed with six. Grateful for the opportunity her motherly preoccupation provided me with, I took a moment to fix my face into a non-criminalizing stance before I spoke. Mama rotates the last loaf, pushes the shelf back into the oven, and gently closes the oven door. Why is your face so? Unbeknownst to me, my facial muscles were twitching under the strain of a haphazardly plastered mask of innocence. There's three me's, I exclaim. What? Mama says, neither here nor there. There are three me's, I say with a little more urgency, unsure how to explain further and desperate for her to hear me. What are you talking about? This time, her tone hinted at all the cooking still left to do. There's this me? I pointed hesitantly at my chest, suddenly unsure of my physical body. Then, there's the me in the mirror. And there's another me, somewhere right here. I lift my right hand, making window-wiping motions with (laughs) a... I lift my right hand, making window wiping motions. I can't see the third me, but I can see this me from there, and I know it's still me. At the last me, as the last me flew out my mouth, my heart jumped after it. Mama's slight annoyance disappeared into her dimples as an amused smile crept across her face out of understandable confusion. I wasn't making any sense. Why ye? You're not making any sense. I watched her tuck the kitchen towel over the handle of the oven, signifying that she was over-entertaining the conversation and on to the next task. I sighed in defeat. I felt betrayed by my words and their inability to share my experience. I knew what I felt. Even though mama didn't get it, the process of trying to explain my revelation was enough for me to validate its realness. The rush of feelings I felt in the bathroom returned to me as strong as they felt before. I know what I feel. I did not know what it meant, but I believed all three of me. I held in confidence That words are more make-believe than what I felt. Part 3. The Passenger Seat. You're going to be my husband. The declaration exited my lips as soon as it entered my consciousness. The embarrassment of my sudden brashness fogged my sight like hot breath on spectacles. It quickly condensed colliding with itself until it was no more than a droplet of acid in my belly i would not have to eat my words our wedding happened on september 4th 1994. i know now that it was never about love but about duty that day in the passenger seat i became the virgin mary to be There's no point in bitterness, I wish he knew the same.